when my family and I first came to Church of Our Savior, it was nine years ago this summer, I received um, a nice basket of gifts and cards from parishioners wishing us well in our new ministry here. And the card that I remember most was written by uh, one of our parishioners of blessed memory, which said, thank you for coming to our little church. And I had to chuckle because little is in the eye of the beholder, right? Where I come from in the Midwest, a church of this size would be considered a large church, a large parish, and also keep in mind that the average Sunday attendance now in the Episcopal Church as a whole in any given congregation, average, is 60. All right? So we tend to be on the larger side, actually, at Church of Our Savior. And I grew up in Little St. Anne's McPherson, which was a mission congregation that had moved into the wing of the former Presbyterian church building in town. And uh, this little education wing um, had uh, a converted worship space that was narrower than this room. It had classrooms on either side. It had a flat roof. And next to it was a vacant lot where the church, the old Presbyterian church, had originally been. And at some point, they tore it all down, put it in the hole, and covered it over. So little St. Anne's was there, and that's where I grew up. Or St. Philip's Trenton, which was even smaller, which existed on this little town in northern Missouri, just south of Des Moines, and it was on a corner where two streets came together and it was completely landlocked in, a small space that could seat maybe 30 comfortably. Or Little Christchurch Seiko Kai in San Francisco, the Japanese-American congregation where I first served after I was ordained, and they could barely fit 25 in there comfortably. It was a converted double parlor, still is, in an Edwardian house in the Pacific Heights neighborhood. Small churches. The world of the small. What God actually likes to work with, as Jesus reminds us today. The wonderful thing about the Gospel of Mark is that we can read one passage and we can get two parables for the price of one, right? Mm -hmm. Because he is so pithy and to the point. And Jesus talks today about God's kingdom as being in the world of the small and the seemingly insignificant. Mustard seeds for Jesus were not the mustard seeds you get for garnish in the supermarket. Wild mustard seeds are as fine as dust. Very, very tiny. And so Jesus tells this story to a people who know that to a people who incidentally feel small themselves, peasants who were living off the land, trying to eke out a living in a world of great powers. But this is not just a theme of the first century in which Mark was written. This is a theme throughout scripture. Remember this little dusty country calling itself Israel on the eastern side of the Mediterranean, and Israel was nothing, even at the height of its power, compared with the Babylonian Empire, or the Assyrian Empire, or the Persian Empire, or the Roman Empire. 
and today's story from deep in the tradition about the great prophet Samuel is yet another example of God dealing in small things. God sends Samuel not to Jerusalem. If you remember last week, Samuel is visited by the elders in the high spiritual place of Ramah, where Samuel is from. And the elders say, we want a king. And Samuel warns them, it's a package deal, folks. And sure enough, the first king that Samuel raises up for them, Saul, turns out to be a bad egg. And so they are back to the beginning, and Samuel is sent to anoint a new king, but he is not sent to the power center of Israel. He is sent to Bethlehem, a small dusty town on the outskirts. And he shows up, and of course everybody in Bethlehem is scared. What's this great prophet doing in our little town? And he has Jesse bring out all of his sons. Nobody imagines that Jesse's youngest would be in line for kingship. Nobody imagines that, not even Jesse himself. So Jesse leaves David out tending the sheep. And of course, you can hear the irony of the Hebrews writing the scripture and chuckling because, of course, David is out tending the sheep because when he becomes the greatest king over Israel, he will be remembered as a great shepherd, a great shepherd of God's flock. But this is before all that. And nobody imagines that David will need to be brought forward until finally Samuel asks, are all your sons here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's David. Now he's out tending the sheep. Didn't even cross my mind that he might be the next king. This is a theme over and over in Hebrew scriptures that comes up again and again and again. Think of Moses, who was a criminal. He had to flee to Midian. And when God calls him, Moses says, but I can't even speak. I'm not at all eloquent. Why are you choosing me? Or think of Paul, who wrote today's second reading, a man reportedly of short stature and not very comely in appearance, who becomes the first great theologian of the church. Or think of Peter, a fisherman, how many of you remember the story of Zacchaeus? We used to sing a song at church camp about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Remember, he was so short in stature, he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd, so he climbed up in a sycamore tree. And Jesus comes along and says, Come down, I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus was worse than a nobody in the minds of his neighbors. He was a tax collector, which meant he was really on the outside. God dealing with small things, and perhaps you could say smaller people. This is how God's kingdom unfolds. Today we get to baptize Sarah and Kimberly, who are still young. Not small, though. 
very special to us, right? But that's why we get the bonus parable today. The first parable that Jesus tells us about scattering seed. And we are talking today in baptism about planting seeds in Sarah and Kimberly that we hope will grow up into a great faith someday. Just like the mustard seed growing up into a great tree. And it is important for all of us to remember that God loves to work with small things. The first martyrs of the church were called seeds of the church. So going back to that card I received all of those years ago when I first arrived at Church of Our Savior, it was an insight into what gets whispered in our ears all the time here in Southern Marin and in the Greater Bay Area that we have to be big and important in the world's eyes if we are going to accomplish anything at all. But that is not God's message. God's message is completely different. You could say that God has to deal with small things and small moments because God knows how distracted we are. God knows how wayward we can be. Or you can say that we know now just how small we are compared with the great universe around us, smaller even than our ancestors could possibly imagine. But either way, Jesus tells us that this is where God begins. In lives that the world regards as small, in moments and small acts of compassion that the world may not even notice, in things as simple as a prayer offered or a helping hand given to someone in need. Our God is a God of small acts, of people who are forgotten a God of small things. And if God is content to begin the divine kingdom there, I ask you, shouldn't we be too? This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R MV for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.